Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages, with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real. Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming and, for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health. Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. And now, onto the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Are you on the East Coast where I am getting a snowstorm today? Well, if not, I'm sorry, because I look out my window and I see snowflakes, and it makes me happy. I know, I'm one of those weird folks out there who likes the snow. It puts me in a good mood. Don't hate me for it, but hey, folks, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for joining us here on another fun-filled episode, and yes, you're in store for a phenomenal guest, and this is a conversation part two. You didn't hear part one. Actually, nobody heard part one because, well, half of part one didn't get recorded because I had an update with my recording software. Long story short, the mapping for my different audio devices did not map correctly, and it was a conversation with just myself, which was actually quite boring, believe it or not, uh, and it would be much better if we had heard the guest, uh, today's guest, the first time, but Hey, part two was even better in my book as I was joined today by a Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate libertarian Joe Salaski joining the Brian Nichols show talking about why the heck is a guy like Joe as nice as they come and as kind as the day is long running for governor of all things in, uh, in not only Pennsylvania, but as a libertarian. So we get to learn all that and more a fantastic conversation. And thank you in advance, Joe, for being so patient. So with that being said, on to the show, Joe Zalowski here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian, for having me. This is a real pleasure. A real pleasure, part two. They know. They know the the, the, the dirty little secret behind the scenes. We had a whole issue, Joe, and they, I, I told them, right? I was like, hey, it, it happens to the best of us, and we were just talking beforehand. It even happened to you. Um, So, hey, we're all human, and to quote Pam Beasley from The Office, Pobody's nerfing. But with that being said, <laughs> at, at the very least, we're going to have a great conversation because Hey, I think now that I got to know you a little bit better, I kind of know where I can maybe dig a little deeper this time. So let's start oh, cool. here. 
people are probably saying, Brian, you are starting off a conversation talking about 2022 for governor of Pennsylvania. It's a little early, no? And I say, yes, we have a responsibility to start talking to folks now because believe it or not, people don't really know who we are to begin with. So Joe Soloski, you are running for governor as a libertarian. Introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Who are you and why are you running for governor? Well, I, as, as you said, I'm Joe Soloski. I ran for state treasurer this year. I, uh, I had that wonderful opportunity to carry my party's banner in my first statewide race. And it, uh, it was a great thing, great experience. Myself and our other two great statewide candidates, Dan Wasmer was running for attorney general. Jen Moore was running for auditor general. All three of us got enough votes, enough percentage to secure minor party status for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. It's a big deal when you're trying to take on the two failed parties of the duopoly. Um, I'm a CPA, have been all my life, ran my own practice uh, in the Pittsburgh area for about 27 years. Then I moved here to Center County, right outside of State College. Uh, I live here now with my lovely wife, Sally. And... Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying advocating for libertarian causes, the whole liberty movement, and uh, helping to get other people also involved in, in their candidacies. So, Joe, people out there, I find by and large, come to this greater liberty movement from the you know inevitable left or right, because that's usually what we're force fed when we're growing up. You have to pick, you know, do you want your Pepsi or your Coke? And in this case, it's do you want to be a Democrat or Republican? So I'm assuming you, you have a political story, much like most of us out there. How did you uh, end up finding your way to the uh, the path to liberty? Well, I I was a Republican for 40 years. My I grew up in a Republican family. Uh, it, it, is, it seemed to suit me when I got my uh, feet in the water back in the uh, late 70s. And uh, I cut my political teeth in the 80s. During the Reagan administration, I, I to this day admire that man. I he, he had a, a lot of great genuineness about him, a lot of integrity, and, and he had some good liberty-leaning principles. He was far, far from perfect, uh, but then I'm not either. So what, what could I say? Uh, but here again, that started my journey, and I noticed during the Reagan administration, I thought the Republican Party specifically was this this liberty bastion and. I saw year after year after year they weren't. It was constantly eroding. You know, I would get to every presidential election cycle and I would see that party nominate my fourth or fifth choice. You know, the the people that I thought had the most integrity and, and the best liberty principles always got shown the door. So uh, early June 2016, it appeared that Trump was the imminent uh, nominee, and I decided I'm done. I am done. I am not riding this train anymore. And I had already been looking at some other parties. Uh, the Libertarian Party, I looked at its platform. Its its principles have been steadfast for the 49 years that it's been in existence, and, and they match me. Uh, it's the right home for Joe Soloski. And uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know these people. I feel like I've found my people. Uh, it's a good feeling. And to be able to run for office and promote 
liberty principles. Ah, it, it's an honor. It's an honor. Well, and we're happy to have you, Joe. And and you know, honestly, it was great to to get to have you on the show because yes, I I got the the opportunity to vote for you back here in 2020, and it was an honor to vote for you and to see. Yes, we have good people in this greater liberty movement, and I keep on saying we need to have folks you know lead by example, and you know to your to your you know leading by example, running for state office not once now but twice, and helping show folks out there that there is an alternative. I mean, it's funny uh, how things work out. Uh, you know, now uh, after the first conversation we had to today where we're re recording, um, I had a conversation uh with with two gentlemen, Kyle Bailey. From from, uh, I forget the name of the organization off the top of my head. I just had the conversation like two days ago. I'm um, talking about ranked choice voting. Um, and then, oh, yes. okay. Yeah. And Aaron Hamlin. Yeah. Talking about uh, looking at that of approval voting, right. And, and trying wow. to, to bring more options to the table. And, and what I'm hearing across the board is there is a, just a desire from folks for more options because they look at what they see right now in terms of what's been presented as the political options for us. And, and that is, again, the Republican or Democratic parties, but also they see what's been the outcome and it's not been good. Mm -hmm. and, and there's yeah. this demand in the marketplace for kind of this adult in the room almost to stand up and be the, mm -hmm. the leaders that we need to see. But for some reason, that market has still been completely empty and left void empty right so why aren't people looking at us i guess as that credible uh you know investment of i'm going to give you my vote because i what what am i going to get in return i guess what's holding them back i i think what we're already seeing is 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 clearly moving that direction we're getting more votes than ever we're electing more people at the state and local uh levels than ever that's a natural progression of events. People are very discontent. And we libertarians at this very moment are looking to capitalize on that discontent. Uh, I think of myself, I, I've been pushing term limits for state legislators since uh, 2018 when I first ran for office. And if you throw in ranked choice voting with term limits, a lot of these problems that are uh, it insidiously inherent in current government would start to go away and people would love that i see why they want choices and you know timing's everything you know we've been beating this drum for a long time and the republicans and democrats have done a decent job keeping out the competition but we're beating them at their own game finally and they don't like it you know they used to ignore us or even laugh at us and now they're taking us to court to try to keep us out of the mix at every turn they can. So people are, as they keep voting for us and we see more growth in this area in, in libertarianism, it's not going to be able to be ignored. You know, sooner or later, you're going to constantly see us on debate stages and winning even more elections than we are now. And it starts with us being the, the, the problem solvers, right? Going out there and Maybe. answering those, those questions that people are saying, here's, my problem in life, how, how can you help me? And, and mm -hmm. I think part of what we have to be better at is communicating not just our ideas, but the manner in which the ideas solve the problems. It's one thing to say, we're for ending the war on drugs. It's another thing to say, mm -hmm. our ending the war on drugs will make your community exponentially better based on these certain metrics. 
X, Y, and Z. And, and to a person who that is the issue to, and of course it requires us to ask them (laughs) what their problems are. Um, Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. going to be able to build that bridge, I believe. So let's start here, Joe. You've been able to start speaking to people as you've been going across, um, the the state, both, you know, in, in person, but also virtually having these conversations. So what have been the, the top issues that you've heard from Pennsylvanians as you've been having these conversations that they're saying, Joe, what can you do as a libertarian governor to help me out? Well, when you look at how people truly cherish their personal civil liberties, that's always a big one. You know, they, they always want less government spending. But the problem is they, they're they kind of numb to the whole taxation spending problem that's, again, very insidious. Um, what I try to do when I talk to people is a little bit of what you just said. I need to sell them on the benefit of these simple solutions. I need to sell them on the whole liberty principles. And the heck of it is, they already possess them. Most people are much more libertarian than they ever give themselves credit for. And when you start to point out what you mentioned, I can't just say, I just want to end the war on drugs, which I do. But if I could point out to them, look, they've wasted $3 trillion on this. You've got nothing really for it. Addiction rates haven't necessarily gone down. Usage rates haven't gone down. And then I try to appeal on that issue to some common sense. I said, this is a plant. This is something you could grow in your window box. And it has no addictive measure to it. Me having a bourbon or a beer is more dangerous than somebody who wants to partake in marijuana. So then... And they they could still have hassles with that, especially let's say you're someone from the right and they love waving their their Trump flag or their back the blue flag. I'll point out to them, listen, I back the police, too. They've got a very, very difficult job. But how many police lives have been unnecessarily lost trying to enforce these ridiculous drug laws? If we would just legalize this stuff and do it like Portugal does, handle it as a medical problem, not a criminal problem. Hey, you know, I, even if they want to say, well, those people ought to be thrown in jail, I could say, yeah, but look at all the police lives you're going to save now. That can strike a real chord with them. It's just a matter of finding where they see benefit. And all of a sudden, they can be on board. Uh, and I love, uh, there's nothing better than seeing I don't care if it's left or right. To see them come to the Libertarian Party is unbelievably satisfying. But yep. that's that's how I do it. I, I see people want to indeed see drugs legalized. They want to see the governor's emergency powers greatly curtailed. And I've been beating that drum for months. Uh, that I also want to see the state store system sold. I want to see term limits for legislators imposed. These are simple things. And... If they sometimes say to me, what would you do as governor? I I sometimes point out two main things. I'll say, look, we've already got too many laws and we've got legislators that get paid too much and do too little. I would end up being captain veto. If I see any bill that I think is unnecessary or if there's any part of it that I feel I don't like, I'm just going to veto the thing and say, get back to work, boys. Bring something back. If you want me to sign this, it better look like this. And if they want to override me, go ahead. They have that possibility. They're going to have to work for it. Uh, So I, I point that out to people. And the other thing I'd love to see done, 
I'd love to be able to say to the state legislature, I know that your job <laughs> is to pass laws, but we've got too many of them, too many regulations, too much taxation and too much spending. I need you guys to go back and start cut, slash, chop, everything. And I don't just mean cutting spending, definitely cutting taxation, definitely. But can we start cutting the code of all these laws, the tax code, the whole smash, and start slashing it down? They could spend two years just on that, and there would still be a lot left to do. So it would be a different approach. People love hearing that approach because it's it's too long overdue. The the lockdown, the the opposed uh, mm. approach to the lockdown. I think that for sure is something that resonates not just within Pennsylvania. That's across mm. across the United States. Yeah. I had a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Walzik. He's an assemblyman up in northern New York, and uh, yeah. and Mark was saying um, actually now one of his new uh, his campaigns he's doing is is called Kick the Crown because he's trying to, to stand up against Cuomo's overreach and these, these nice. lockdowns and he's like, yeah, and it's great because I mean, nice. goodness, now you just see what happens here uh, came out that they was it 50% underreported on um, the number of nursing home deaths officially now oh. from the Cuomo administration that they purposely held behind closed doors. So people didn't know. Mm -hmm. And and now, now that's coming out right after a year of, of propping him up as, you know, you know, the, the person who faced the COVID crisis and, and he faces the best. And now we're, we're seeing, ah, not so not so well, true and and it's actually done a lot more so there is this desire i think by a, a large majority of americans for just to be left alone like we can make our own decisions yes, please let absolutely. us be adults well i think we all agree this this d virus is real and it's dangerous we can't deny that we all know people who have gotten this this virus and have had to fight it some haven't been so lucky others have been able to get through it fairly easily it just depends upon the individual um but we're supposed to live life we're supposed to live life you know i, I try to avoid any situation that i think is potentially dangerous uh, i do wear my mask and it has it's especially nice because it has a joe Solosky for governor logo on it so i get a little free advertising uh, but <laughs> for the effort anyway, but darn it, you know, I, I could take every precaution in the world and I could still get COVID and I could say the same thing about the flu. I could say the <laughs> yes. same thing about a car exactly. accident. I could say it about so many things. We got to live our lives. Yeah. Use common sense. Be careful. Yes. But the lockdowns, they've caused too many businesses to go under. They've caused an increase in suicides, depression, family uh, disputes, marital failures, child abuse. Hey, you know, I, I could I could dispense with all the emergency uh, lockdowns, and those five things I just listed start to go away within the first few months of the first year. Uh, that to me is a better approach, and let people live their lives. Yeah, uh, man, I, Joe, can, can you just become governor tomorrow? That'd be great. Um, that it makes things a lot easier. Now, one thing that I think a lot of folks are going to be like, "Get out of here!" is when they hear about Pennsylvania's absolutely archaic rules when it comes to alcohol. Can you can you talk to us about how insane it is to go ahead and buy a six pack here in PA? Well, uh, it, it's really something uh, when you think about our archaic laws. They go back to the 1930s when there was prohibition and when 
you know, government prohibition of anything never works. They've proven that it never works. All they do is create a black market and additional problems. So when that was lifted, uh, I think it was the Governor Pinchot administration decided we still don't want alcohol. So they decided they were going to control it all. And to this day today, only Pennsylvania and I think Utah control the complete wholesale uh, and retail distribution of spirits. Now, um, beer is a different thing. You know, you can get that at a beer distributor. You can get it at a bar. Now I can go into a mini mart like Sheets or Wawa and get beer. Uh, I can go into a couple of supermarkets and get wine. Uh, and there's a lot of selection. But, you know, as I looked into it, I realized they weren't loosening any of the rules. You know, my grocery store simply found a loophole. Uh, they are able to put in seating and they're able to say, we're a pub, you know, we're a little restaurant. And because we meet this requirement, even though, you know, you can buy diapers and laundry detergent here, we meet this requirement. We can sell beer and wine now. Um, so it, they got, they did an end around the government, which I love, but you know, it's, it's limited to very few venues. It isn't widespread. Uh, I would just like to see the whole state store system sold because if I want to run out and buy a shirt or a necktie, I can go to any store I like and do that. And government is not involved, nor should they be with alcohol, and nor should they be with marijuana and other drugs. They should not be involved. Um, you know, and it's, it's insidious how government is. Remember, not very long ago, go back 30 years, there was no gambling in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. There was government gambling. Oh, uh, it's it's okay if the government does it. We'll do this lottery thing be, because it benefits senior citizens. What? Yeah, come on. How disingenuous. And now today, Pennsylvania is number two in the country in casino gambling, second <laughs> only to Nevada. Um, if the government sees they can tax it, they'll eventually go for it. And that's probably what they're seeing right now with marijuana legalization. Uh, I saw uh, just this week, Governor Wolf put out his agenda for 2021. And he, while he was pushing uh, a little bit of legalizing marijuana, he clearly said, look at the revenues we're going to generate from this. And I'm saying, no, this isn't the way it should be done. If a person wants to grow those plants, those harmless plants in their own window box, they ought to be able to do it and they should be able to utilize it themselves. And I don't care if they want to sell it, but the government shouldn't be involved. Yeah, well, and I think that that's not controversial, right? Like the idea that so long as, again, you're not hurting someone, you're not taking their stuff Go for it, right? Live your life. Exactly. And, and like, it's a plant. I think we're getting to this point. It's a plant. Like, why is it even one of those things where we even had this conversation, right? I mean, that was the argument mm -hmm. you were making earlier. And, you know, good friend of the show, Larry Sharp, you know, one of his pitches back when he was running uh, back Man. for governor, you know, regulate yeah. it like onions. You know, it's, it's a plant. Yes. Exactly. Regulate yes. it like onions. And, and that, Absolutely. it makes so sense because... You do see as soon as you start to throw that regulation in, you do get the the, the negative you know consequences behind the scenes Absolutely. that you weren't anticipating, right? And that's part Absolutely. of the problem. Government can't anticipate for everything, and that's the inherent flaw in government because there's no incentive structures to prepare for any of those other uh, you know, disasters or what have you until it already happens. <laughs> oh, and this, 
and, and we can say the same thing about the issue of morality. Too many times governments tried to legislate morality. It's never worked. Not to say certain things are, are indeed immoral, right. depending upon a person's perspective. The government can't regulate them. They can't eliminate them. They're always going to be there. There's always going to be a black market. And they always make things more dangerous then. Yeah, and not only that, but then take it a step further, right? What what happens when government starts to you know, say certain things are immoral, that are moral, mm -hmm. right? And like objectively yeah. moral. What happens when government starts to make it immoral, the, the moral thing to do, which is inherently <laughs> immoral, right? To, yeah. to turn on your neighbor, to report your neighbor. And like we said, yeah, it, it's it's eerie, right? But they try to make you. They try to make it sound like you're you're doing this good deed when right. it's absolutely the opposite, and uh, that, that's a very slippery slope when they dress it up that way. Oh well, I, it was scary. I had on my show uh, Lily Tang Williams, and and she yeah. is from uh, which well, she grew up in Mao's China, and one of the things that yeah. they were taught to do uh, was I have to have Lily back on the show because her story is fascinating. Um, they were taught to in their little book they would have every single night as, as school kids you would write to Mao what happened during the day and if your parents were, were being bad i.e. you know saying things that they shouldn't be saying or, or questioning things that they shouldn't be questioning and then the next day you were to turn that into your teacher and mm -hmm. you know it wasn't uncommon for all of a sudden mommy and daddy to have a visit paid to them and and yes. the, the government officials might take mommy and daddy away for a few days for questioning and mommy and daddy yeah. might come back with you know a couple broken bones and, and that mm -hmm. was not uncommon and that yes. was under the guise of trying to do the the, the moral thing right to to keep yes. the society on in in this idea of the, the great leap forward and mm. it's scary because when you start to be able to make these grand claims in the name of this moral good government can be used to do some pretty scary things absolutely and so i know myself and people like me here we're trying to enter uh this government fray but we just want to do it differently. We want to minimize it, minimize government, simplify government, get them out of your hair. And if, if we could have a couple of decades in a row of that, what an improvement we would see. It's, it's going to be tough mop-up detail with the messes that we have in the state and the federal government right now. But it's got to be done. It's got to start somewhere. Uh, it's funny. I, just yesterday, I, I looked up uh, the U.S. debt clock. Uh, you can look that up online and you, you just see the numbers flying by how all the debt and the interest and everything's increasing, you know, as high as it is. And it's probably, you know, you, the U.S. Uh, total uh, debt is probably going to be over $30 trillion before we know it. Chump change. But, I, yeah, but, you know, it would be neat if one of these days we get the right management in the government and we look at that clock one day and we notice it stopped. It's not running up anymore. And if we can start to get it to trickle down, that'll be a neat moment. And we can keep gaining from there. But it's, it's going to take a lot of work just to get that to happen. Yeah. Well, and it's, and, and, go ahead. Sorry. And Pennsylvania is, is not uh, unusual in that. You know, I'm sure if we I don't know if there's a Pennsylvania debt clock and, and a deficit clock. But if there was. Uh, it would be a neat thing to log on and watch. And I'd love to see that thing get turned around for the better because fiscally we're a wreck. 
Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, I think that's kind of to the point of how do we start to change the system? And I think it starts by us leading by example to, you know, our point here. And that is trying to change more local politics first. I mean, I I always tell my sales team, and this is a great way to, I think, think about this is, you know, at the end of the month, we have a set quota for you, whatever that number may be, right? And that number might look very, very insurmountable at the start of the month. So, so how do we, how do, how do we do this? We, we break it down. Okay. So if your quota is, you know, let's just eight appointments per month, let's just throw it out there. That means you, by average, you should be able to hit two appointments per week. Okay. So if you're trying to hit two appointments per week, that means for five days, how many calls on average do you have to do or emails do you have to do to hit? Just to hit yeah. Just to hit those two. So mm-hmm. we, we can start to look for, yeah those numbers right and and yes. then we can look back and say oh it's a lot easier it's a lot easier because now these are things that are easy tangible things that i can control what's that old saying what's the best way to eat an elephant one bite at a time and that's the exact <laughs> yeah. same way that we have to approach yeah. this ginormous elephant that is a leviathan yes. of, a, of a federal government and True. it will require us i think from a state level especially to 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 lead by by that example so let me ask you this joe because this is going to be probably the hardest part of a Joe Soloski administration. And that is working hand in hand with the folks out there who are libertarian. I know Mm -hmm. stunning that there are many folks out there who are like that. So how would you be able to help enact a lot of these Liberty policies beyond obviously um, being that stalwart, but actually Mm -hmm. being able to be, I don't know that built bridge builder, that common ground. Yes. Problem solver. It can be done. It can be done. Look, you just like selling liberty, you know, attracting new people to the movement. It's the same thing with the legislature. I need to be working with people initially and beyond who think like I do, who have some liberty principles, who want to see some better changes. And if they know hmm, Governor Soloski is not going to be signing these bills, he's not going to go along with this. How do we make these other things happen? Okay. They're going to have to start tailoring bills, hopefully new revisions to eliminate a lot of old ones, so that I'll sign them into law. But I point out to them, look, and I've been beating this drum for the last few years. We've got about a $35, $36 billion budget, okay, here in Pennsylvania right now. And just less than 20 years ago, it was $20 billion. Now, that's a huge jump. Our our, our budget's gone up 75% in a little more than 15 years. Wow. Uh, Now, think about it. The money's coming in. You know, they've had new gambling revenues. They've had new revenues from the fracking industry and all sorts of other things like that. They just keep spending it all. If they would quit spending, if they would say, where can we slash? Where can we cut? And I'd be looking them dead in the eye and I'd say, guys, I'm going to be giving you a budget. And you've got to get it approved. And I know you're going to be doing a lot of tweaking, but here's what we're striving for. We're not increasing the budget this year. Matter of fact, I want to see a 5% cut. Year one, a 5% cut. It doesn't have to be perfectly even across the board, but let's get 5%. And we'll we'll do it. It's not that big of a deal on this big of a budget. And we'll adjust to it. And a year later, I'm going to say, hey, guys, I want another 5%. And we're going to keep chipping this darn thing away. And as we eliminate spending, 
you know, we're going to be able to live well within our means. They've been overspending and just gobbling it up all this time. And as we keep chipping it down, we're going to be able to pay off some debt and eliminate some taxation. That's the ultimate end goal. I'd love to see the, I've mentioned the inheritance tax many times in the past that here, Pennsylvania is one of the states where if you die, it gives rise to a taxable event. I think that's a ludicrous thing. I think that's immoral. Um, I would like to see that tax, tax eliminated. But something that really rings with everyone is, is the personal income tax. Uh, mm-hmm. Initially, I want to see us working hard to reduce it. But gosh, I tell you what, I would love to see it eliminated. Uh, and I do mean that. Complete elimination. Uh, if I have seen it go up 50% just in my adult lifetime. Uh, it used to be down around 2.2%. And here we are at 3.07%. It's gone up 50%. I'm rounding slightly. Well, that tells me that in you know hopefully a much shorter period of time, why can't we get it down that same amount? Why can't we knock it down? Right. And as we keep cutting spending, we can eventually say we don't need this tax anymore. I want Pennsylvania to be a tax haven. You know, if if, if the government wants to see more revenue coming in, let's slash taxes, let's slash spending, let's make this state as attractive as Texas or Florida for companies to come here, locate here, and then you're going to have more jobs, which is more taxation only across a much larger uh, range of people. So while individuals themselves are paying less, you know, our base is much larger at that point, and we can handle this. It's not that difficult. The way I pointed it out, even I can figure it out. Joe Solosky. Hear this, folks? Liberty Republicans especially? This gets you interested? It should, because I don't think you're going to get this from the uh, probably establishment um, shill that we'll be getting as the uh, GOP nominee. Unfortunately, I don't mean to, to pick on whoever that's going to be, but I just got a gut feeling, Joe. So how about this? Because I know a lot of people, they're, they're, they're now going, hmm, this guy's on my radar. So if Joe Solosky is, in fact, on their radar, where can they go ahead and follow you or find you so they can learn more? Well, my website is joesoloski.com. That's spelled J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I, joesoloski.com. You can check me out there, take a look at all the issues that I'm showcasing as part of my campaign. Yes, I'm on Facebook, Joe Soloski for Governor. Uh, I'm also on MeWe now because we're getting very, very tired of Facebook. Uh, and, uh, we're, uh, I know my team has us on Twitter and Instagram. We're out there. We are easy to find. But JoeSoloski.com, that's going to be your first stop. And uh, please reach out to me personally. Email me. I would love to hear from you. Uh, I'll make sure that I get back in touch with you and answer any questions that you might have. I know, folks, it's early. I know you're probably like, it's it, we just finished this insanity that was an election year, plus on top of COVID, plus on top of what else happened? Murder hornets. We had a lot of weird things happen in 2020. Mm-hmm. So they're probably a little weary and tired from elections. But I promise you, folks, it is worth the time. Get invested now. Start to learn who your candidates are now. And with that being said, get to learn Joe Soloski. You'll be hearing more from Joe very soon. With that being said, Joe, thank you so much for, yes, doing part two of this conversation. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. I really enjoyed it again. 
Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about an amazing new podcast. You longtime listeners of The Brian Nichols Show know him well, and that is one Brad Palumbo and his stellar new program, Breaking Boundaries. Join Brad as he interviews top writers, politicians, and thinkers from all across the political spectrum to give you a new perspective you won't find in the mainstream liberal media or right-wing echo chambers. From guests like Rand Paul to Glenn Greenwald, Brad is having conversations and focusing on issues that are driving America with the people who are in the driver's seats. So, head over to your favorite podcast app, hit subscribe, strap in, and be prepared for some wild food takes like Rand Paul and his grand mayonnaise conspiracy. Again, that's Breaking Boundaries with Brad Palumbo, available in your favorite podcasting app today. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Joe Solosky. Told you guys, it was a lot of fun, right? And uh, definitely, uh, I'm excited to have Joe running as the uh, the candidate here in Pennsylvania uh, to be, yes, in fact, that, uh, that face of someone people could look to and say, oh, that's what it means to be a libertarian. We need more people out there like Joe. And and folks, if you uh, want to help make sure that we can help support Joe in all he's doing right now in the next two years, well, here's what we're going to do. First and foremost, share this episode with family and friends. Tag Joe. I'll include his social media links in the show notes. Go ahead, tag him. Tag uh, yours truly here, B. Nichols Liberty, wherever it is, Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com. We will go ahead and share the heck out of uh, this show because folks need to learn who Joe is. We already have a, a hard... Uh, <laughs> disadvantage against the the two uh, major parties, right? Number one, people don't know who we are. They don't trust us. And uh, we we need to make sure that we're not uh, putting ourselves in a bad spot from the onset. So uh, we need to do what Joe's doing, right? Starting now, getting out there early, getting the name out there, uh, who we are, what we stand for, and what we believe in, and how we can help be these problem solvers. So uh, share today's episode, family and friends. If you have friends in PA, please, I encourage you to send this to them specifically. And again, if you would, be so kind. Tag me at B. Nichols Liberty. I'll make sure I go ahead and give give you a nice uh, retweet there, share, social media, bump, whatever the heck it is. And if you listen to The Brian Nichols Show and you've been enjoying The Brian Nichols Show, well, do me a favor, right? Also head over to Apple Podcasts. We don't charge you anything here. We, we've been through this, right? Um, but all I ask for you in return of, of giving you three awesome episodes every single week is a quick five-star rating and review. I, I'm so appreciative of the, uh, you know, quite literally, the, the dozens and dozens of reviews that come in. You guys mean so much. Um, and to hear the, the kind of words every Friday we go ahead, uh, read um, one, of, one of the reviews from you guys. So, so if you want to go ahead, hear your review right on air, uh, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star rating and review, and tell folks why you are a member of the Brian Nichols Show audience. Yes, getting all three episodes every single week. Speaking of which, coming up here on Wednesday, yes, Kim Ruff. Oh, I love having a great conversation with Kim Ruff because, number one, Kim is is one of the smartest folks you'll ever find out there in the Liberty Movement. Number two, uh, Kim is focusing on running for local office, just as Joe Solosky is here in PA, only Kim is running for Arizona State Mine Inspector, right? That's fun. Never heard of a state mine inspector, and uh, I can almost guarantee that probably all of you guys out there didn't either. So if you have not heard of a state mine inspector and you want to learn why a libertarian should be a state mine inspector, uh, well, make sure you uh, subscribe to The Brian Nichols Show so you're not missing our awesome conversation with Kimberly Ruff coming up here on Wednesday. So with that being said, folks, that's all I have for you today. So with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off. You're on The Brian Nichols Show for Joe Zalowski. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.